Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, I'm Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. Tonight we're talking about a case that was huge in Mexico involving the death of a four-year-old little girl named Paulette Gabara Ferra. Paulette was reported to have disappeared from her home on March 22, 2010, and her family began a campaign through the media, lots of advertisements, social media to find her. But the chatter, the suspicion, and mystery behind what happened to this little girl would only grow once she was found nine days later. Did the authorities get it right, or do you think that there's more to this story? Let's talk about it. Before we jump in, tonight's episode is sponsored by Something to Laugh At. This is your official palate cleanser website for the case tonight because things are going to get real rough and the Something to Laugh At website has everything you need to maintain your sanity, including funny memes and videos. 
I often find myself scrolling through Facebook, trying to find funny content to take my mind to a different place. But if you go to www.somethingtolaughat.com, you'll find everything you need for a laugh right there. Check out somethingtolaughat.com for funny videos, pictures, and memes you'll want to share with your friends. Now let's jump in. Paulette Gabara Farah was born on July 20th, 2005, to her parents Mauricia Gabara and Lizette Farah, who were married for four years before she was born in a massive, luxurious wedding. Lizette had been born into wealth, growing up in a rich household, going to the very best schools in Mexico, and then finally becoming a lawyer, while her husband, Maurizio, had worked for his success. He was a self-made man, working in real estate with his brothers. Eventually, the pair had their first child named Lizette, and then Paulette came into the world just three years later. Like I said, they were a pretty wealthy family living in Mexico City. They made enough for Paulette to often be cared for by two nannies named Erica and Martha Casimiro. Little Paulette did need a lot of hands-on attention because she was born with a physical disability and a language disorder, which caused her to not be able to really talk much or walk well, even at the age of four. She couldn't formulate full sentences, and she could only pronounce words such as mom, dad, water, and food. And although she was able to attend school like a regular school as other kids her age, she did still require a lot of attention. You see, Paulette was born premature at only 25 weeks old. She weighed only 800 grams and measured 35 centimeters. She was so small, doctors didn't think that she would survive, but she did. However, this did cause her to suffer from her disabilities, and even though things like walking and talking were a struggle, Paulette was making amazing progress in therapy. Now, Paulette, along with her older seven-year-old sister, Lizette, had just returned home from a weekend trip away with their father. They were visiting Val de Bravo, which was about three hours away from their home. Their mother, Lizette, hadn't joined them on this trip. Instead, she had gone on her own trip to Los Cabos, supposedly with her friend Amanda. And I say supposedly because that would later turn out to be a lie. They all arrived back at their luxury apartment on the same day around the same time. Later that evening, Lizette, she puts both of her daughters to sleep that night and gives them a kiss before going to bed herself. The next morning, the nannies, Erica and Martha, first get Paulette's older sister, Lizette, up and ready for school and on the school bus around 7 a.m. that morning. Then at around 8 a.m., Erica walked into Paulette's bedroom to wake her up for the day, but Paulette was nowhere to be found. Paulette's bed was empty, so they frantically looked for her everywhere, under the beds, in the closets, throughout the rest of the apartment, but Paulette was just nowhere to be found. It didn't make any sense. This was a high-rise apartment. There wasn't any possible way that she could have escaped through a window. So Erica and Martha, they go and alert the parents, Maurizio and Lizette, like, hey, your daughter is missing. She's nowhere to be found. 
From what I've heard, her parents didn't appear to be too frantic about the situation. Maybe they didn't really take what the nanny said seriously. I'm not too sure. But it was Erica and Martha who continued to search the rest of the apartment building for little Paulette. They went on and they checked the hallways, they checked the stairwell, the elevator, the lobby of the apartment building. They asked around all the staff that was working there and no one had seen her. She was literally just nowhere to be found. So finally the police were called. When the police arrived, they did their own search of the apartment and the building. They checked for signs of a break-in, but there were no signs of forced entry. There was nothing missing. Nothing seemed to have been taken in the apartment, and it didn't appear initially to be a kidnapping. The family also had two dogs in the apartment that didn't bark or alert that there was anyone in the apartment during the night. With very little information or any leads to go on, the family turned to the media for help. Paulette's parents, especially her mother Lizette, did countless of interviews where they pleaded for their daughter's safe return. In one interview, Lizette said, She is an angel. She is a beautiful little girl. She never cries, never throws tantrums. She's the sweetest. Lizette even gave a message on television to the alleged abductor because at the time, that's all they could assume had happened. Someone had clearly abducted her and asked that her daughter be returned to her, saying that she could be left in a shopping center or a crowded place and there would be no questions asked. On March 27th, several news crews were allowed into the apartment as Lizette, sitting on her daughter's bed, recalled what had happened the night of the disappearance. She said she put her daughter to bed, as she always did. She kissed her goodnight, and then she left the room. That night, she didn't hear any weird noises, the dogs didn't bark, and everything seemed fine. Until morning, when Paulette was just gone. Posters of Paulette were posted everywhere in Mexico, and the case quickly escalated into a total media circus. This actually caused a bit of controversy because Mexico itself can be a dangerous country, and unfortunately, children go missing every day with very little media coverage. However, in the case of Paulette's disappearance, the media was all over it. And even the attorney general of the state, Alberto Bazbaz, quickly became involved. Now that Paulette was missing and from a wealthy family, her disappearance was getting a ton of traction. So some people were a little bit, I don't know, pissy about it. Not everyone was angry, though. A lot of the local community really came together to search for Paulette, but unfortunately, nothing was found. Paulette's aunt, Arlette Farah, sent numerous emails and uploaded some photos to social networks where the news quickly spread, prompting a very large response. 30 investigators were assigned to the case. Initially, police believed that they might be dealing with a case in which the girl had somehow been taken from this apartment building, and maybe the captors were hoping to get some ransom money from the wealthy parents. Mexico City was a region where occasional reports of child stealing and the hopes of an exchange of money still happened quite often. 
Yet police were baffled because there wasn't any actual evidence to back this theory up. Like I said, there was no signs of forced entry. There wasn't a note left. There wasn't a ransom phone call. There just really wasn't any sign of anything happening. What followed was a huge nine-day search for Paulette. And when that was leading to absolutely nowhere, the tide began to turn and police started to look more closely at the family who lived there, in particular, Paulette's parents. Then one week later, one week into this search on March 29th, it was announced that Paulette's parents and her two nannies were in police custody due to falsehoods and inconsistencies in their stories. According to prosecutors, Paulette's mother, Lizette, was overheard telling her other daughter not to talk to the police because the family might be blamed for the disappearance, which really could mean nothing. She could just want everyone to be careful not to say something that might be misconstrued, but she could also be shushing the family up and keeping them quiet. Investigators also described the parents as being very evasive and defensive, and they believed that they were withholding information. On March 30th, Paulette's parents spent several hours at the Mexican police station before they were transferred to a hotel to fulfill their restriction order. Literally, the two parents and the two nannies were put in a hotel so that they couldn't talk to anybody. They couldn't interfere with the investigation. They were just sort of segregated from it all so that the police could continue their work. The same day, police began to search the apartment more thoroughly, and they tried to recreate what may have happened. And it was then, around 2 a.m., that Paulette's dead body was found in her bedroom, wrapped in sheets stuck between the mattress and the footboard of the bed, the same room where her mother had given media interviews. It was a room that had been searched by experts from various agencies, including search and rescue dogs. And now it was only discovered nine days later due to the smell. While waiting for the results of an autopsy, the police came out and said the death was caused by asphyxiation by suffocation, but no other signs of violence were immediately found. They also stated that this was a homicide investigation. This is when the court of public opinion goes wild. People are pissed. They've been searching for this little girl, hoping that maybe she had just wandered out of the apartment and would be found and now the, her body was found in her own room, her own bedroom, stuck between her bed. Information begins to leak. People begin to talk and some details start to sort of leak out. Erica Casimiro, Paulette's nanny, would later testify about the parents' behavior the morning that Paulette went missing. She would go on to say, After looking everywhere for Paulette, I found her mother sitting there drinking coffee, and smoking a cigarette, all while the father was calmly looking in a closet for the girl. Was this because they both already knew what had happened to her? They both already knew she was dead and where she was? I don't know. I can't say for sure. 
But Paulette's parents, the two of them, they turned on each other and they began to really just go to war with each other, accusing one another of harming Paulette. And it all carried out rather publicly. Paulette's father, Mauricio, he refused to defend his wife's innocence. When he was asked about it in an interview with local television, he said that he was only certain of his own innocence. He was quoted as saying, The only thing I can say is that for me, it wasn't an accident. I can only speak for myself. In a separate interview, Paulette's mother, Lizette, sobbed as she insisted that she had no idea why her husband was so suspicious of her. He was suspicious of her before investigators even considered her a suspect. She still maintained her innocence, insisting that she had no idea how her daughter's body ended up in that bedroom. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals that are also dietitian approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. 
We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day, because that's half the battle, and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious, with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com slash napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Police and the media and the public all seem to conclude that Paulette was brutally murdered by her parents and then stuffed into the side of her bed. But this would be kind of disproven. After an autopsy into the little girl's death, the official story behind Paulette's disappearance was finally revealed. It said Paulette had died in a tragic accident. It was concluded that Paulette had, by her own means, rolled over while sleeping and accidentally fallen into the gap between her bed's mattress and the footboard, where she became entrapped and wound up suffocating to death. An autopsy determined the cause of death to be asphyxiation that obstructed the respiratory airways and compressed the abdominal thorax. You see, Paulette, she slept with an orthopedic cloth over her mouth. It was placed over her mouth every night to prevent her from sleeping with her mouth open. I don't know much about this, but I guess it's something that is very commonly used. It was said that this really just ended up aiding in her suffocating herself, unfortunately. Her body was not manipulated after death, so didn't appear that she was moved after she had died. It did appear that she had actually just died where she laid. And it was also said that she had eaten food at least five hours before her death. The explanation for the lack of odor during decomposition was that the blankets that were covering her body had somehow concealed the smell for nine days. And so the death was established as accidental. Which is kind of crazy to think about, isn't it? I'm not an expert, so I can only speak from, I don't know, my mind and my own personal opinion and my thoughts. But doesn't it seem so crazy that there would be a little girl's dead body sandwiched into this small space and nobody notices it, not even the search dogs? And from previous cases that I've researched, Search dogs are trained to sniff out scents in a place where there are lots of different scents. They are trained to hone in on this very specific scent of human decomposition. They can find dead bodies in forests where there are multiple dead animals that they might pick up on. But they're trained to hone in on this specific scent. So it seems really strange to me that especially a search dog would not pick up on it. But I also, I have to think that there's no way that a grieving mother would be able to knowingly practically sit 
on top of the body while giving a media interview about her missing daughter. That's just too cold to imagine. Although I know there are lots of crazy people out there. I just, I can't put that in my thoughts. Because her mother had literally given media news interviews in her room while she sat on top of this bed. I just can't, I can't wrap my head around the fact that she could possibly give these interviews knowing that her daughter's dead body was literally right there. And like me, I mean, the the public, they had questions too, but they were convinced that this had to be some sort of cover-up. During the nine-day search, around a hundred different people had entered that bedroom, yet no one had found her. And here's another little factoid that will make your stomach turn. A friend of Lizette's named Amanda De La Rosa was also allowed to live in the Gabara's house for several days immediately following the girl's disappearance. Amanda actually slept in Paulette's room, which wasn't secured by police at the time because the police didn't seem to have a reason to. In the time that she spent in the house and in Paulette's room and in her bed, the bed was made on a daily basis, and yet still nobody noticed the girl's body or even the bloody stains on the sheets as they appeared on a forensic video. Yeah, this Amanda lady, she literally slept in Paulette's bed, and while she was there, the bed was made up several times, and still no one discovered Paulette's tiny little body. You guys, there's video footage if you go to YouTube that shows you exactly where Paulette was found. Literally, she's sandwiched at the end of the bed between this mattress and the footboard. The video itself, I guess you could say it's graphic because it might show you Paulette's body. So it's, of course, absolutely heartbreaking. And I mean, I don't recommend it for anyone who is particularly sensitive. I say that it might show you Paulette's body because there's been some controversy with the video and whether it's actually real or whether it was staged by the Mexican police. So the video, if you pull it up, okay, fine. I guess I will put a link in my show notes so that you can go and see exactly what I'm talking about. But at one point in the video, one of the officers says that Paulette was severely beaten to death. I don't know how they came up with that conclusion because they haven't even found the body according to the video. But a few minutes later, the forensic expert, he removes the bed's blankets and reveals two large bloodstains. They are big bloodstains. One of them is as big as an adult's head. This same man, he then walks to the front of the bed and with the help of another forensic expert, they remove all the sheets on the bed to reveal Paulette's corpse. And you can see she's partially hidden on one side of the mattress. But it's really interesting because, you know, they one, one of the experts comes out and says she was severely beaten, but how do they even know that if they haven't actually found her corpse yet? I mean, if this video is actually legit. And then the other thing is, these sheets are very badly stained with blood and human decomposition matter. And if that's the case and the bed sheets were changed several times throughout these nine days, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Nothing really makes sense in this case. 
Local authorities gave this video to the press as a document to prove how the body was found. Of course, some people think it's faked and a reenactment, which may explain how one of the forensic experts could know that Paulette was beaten before any evidence was actually found. It would also explain the placement of the camera, the position of the forensic experts in the exact place they needed to be in order to show everything off without obstructing the camera's view. But it's also been noted that none of the officers even show any surprise when discovering the video. And they even continue narrating the events with this sort of monotone sort of voice they're just very calm and matter of fact as if they were maybe repeating a script so i have no idea if this is actual footage i think you kind of need to just watch it yourself to decide what you think because i i honestly i really don't know to me i'm watching it and i'm like yeah that looks real especially when they show what could be paulette's body it just it looks real to me but I literally don't understand how anybody could have possibly missed her body being there if it is the real footage. So what would the motive be if Paulette was actually killed and this wasn't some sort of freak accident? Well, the nannies claimed that Paulette's parents were having financial problems, which kind of increased speculation that the parents maybe killed her in order to relieve themselves of her expensive medical care. She was going to therapy, she was receiving a lot of special treatments, and it would have been expensive, but I mean, I don't really believe this because they were wealthy, they would have been able to afford her care with absolutely no issue. And this was later proved false that the parents were having sort of any financial issues anyway. At one point, it was also determined that the mother, Lizette, had been having an affair. Remember when Paulette, her sister, and their father were on vacation at the very beginning of this story? And I said, the mom, Lizette, she was on vacay with her friend, Amanda. Well, it turned out there was no girl's trip with Amanda. Lizette was having a weekend tryst with her boyfriend. So one thought is that maybe she was just getting sick of having to take care of her special needs daughter and after having a weekend of drinking, partying, fun, and no responsibilities, maybe she just snapped. Lizette has insisted that she never considered caring for her daughter to be a burden. And she would go on to say, She was always a fighter. Nobody could believe what that girl had achieved. In May 2017, Paulette's body was exhumed and then cremated, as the Mexican prosecutor's office stated that her remains were no longer considered evidence for the investigation. So, it is officially case closed. But still, there's a lot of speculation as to what may have actually happened to Paulette, and if it was truly an accident. Of course, I think it's very possible that this whole thing was a freak accident. It's like all of the circumstances happened the way they happened to create this perfect storm of Paulette becoming wedged there and somehow no one noticing that she was there. Because there is no evidence of her being moved after death and there were no other injuries documented to her body, I have to believe that that's quite possible that's what happened to her. 
However, the forensic experts that were working on the case would later testify that Paulette could have been only dead maybe three days prior to the discovery of her body, which would mean her body couldn't have been hidden under the bed the entire time and that her death would most likely be a homicide. So we'll never know. Paulette disappeared on March 21st. Her body was found on March 31st, nine days later, and the initial autopsy report established March 28th as the probable date of her death. The forensic expert in charge of the investigation did confirm that an unidentified high command of the state asked him to correct the date of death, which would establish a very nonspecific time sometime between March 21st and 26th as the official date of death. So the exact date and hour was never revealed to the public and at this point we will never know. And to me that is kind of the biggest piece of key information there to determine when she actually died because if she died somewhere else and was moved there, I mean that is very suspicious and pointing to maybe a homicide. Whereas if we can confirm that she died around the same time she went missing and she died where she was at, then we'll know it was an accident. But even if there was a crime that had taken place, authorities completely botched the investigation. Arriving at the crime scene, the forensics team was only allowed to look for signs of forced entry and pretty much nothing else. The crime scene was also never closed off. Hundreds of people walked in and out, leaving dirty footprints behind, literally just touching everything. And that friend of Lizette's, she even slept in Paulette's bed. The police officers working on the case were even allowed to pee in the girl's bathroom. So nothing was protected. No evidence was protected. The entire crime scene was so badly contaminated. And it appears that instead of doing a legitimate investigation, police chose instead to just blame the mother, Lizette. And I'm not saying Lizette is innocent, but she was clearly the scapegoat here and there was never a real investigation done. Now, according to reports, after Paulette's death, Lizette was issued a restraining order against the rest of her family. She's always maintained her innocence, but specialists have alleged that Lizette suffers from a personality disorder, which could explain some of her unusual behavior. Some of that sort of cold-like behavior, maybe when people thought she wasn't as worried or concerned or as upset or sad as she could have been, that might be explained by the personality disorder. Now, if you're interested in learning a little bit more of this case, there is a show on Netflix. It's called The Search. It is a dramatization of this story, and it looks like there are six episodes to catch up on. I'll be completely open here. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet because at this point, I feel like it's only going to infuriate me even further than I already am. But I do have it on my list. And, you know, if you're bored out of your mind and looking for a true crime show to watch, check out The Search. So what do you think? Do you think it was an accidental death or a homicide? Was there a cover-up here? Or was there a character assassination attempt done against the mother, Lizette? Either way, the whole thing is just so sad and so tragic and so terrible. 
I think I'm off to climb into bed with my little one and hug them like crazy. Seriously. So that's it for tonight. I want to once again thank our sponsor. Make sure you visit somethingtolaughat.com for those funny videos, pictures, and memes because trust me, I feel like I need it. And if I'm feeling like I need it, I feel like you need it. As for me, if you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, all one word. And if you are watching me on YouTube, make sure you give me a thumbs up and subscribe. Until next time, don't be a Dahmer. Bye. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.